Hi, it's David Poland with the hot button number 15, Box Office Monday. So the world exploded, going by most of what was being written about the Dune box office weekend, as the film did solid, if modest, by the pre-COVID standard, business overseas, and open to 9 million more than had been estimated by the guessers last week. Take a deep breath, folks. As per my last column, this will improve the financials for Warners a bit, but not as much for Legendary, and will still leave Warners floating in red ink. Bumping up my prior guess of the worldwide total from around $259 million to $350 million, which I think is being generous. Well, I'm redoing all the numbers since the last column. I still believe Warner's is about $175 million in the hole before you factor in the value of the 30-day HBO Max window. And that may be okay for them. Has any one title been responsible for even 500,000 new subs in HBO Max? Probably not. But Warners will want to tell you that the day-and-date fiasco has been critical to their growth of 6.5 6, 6. million subs at HBO Max this year. A whole 6.5 million subs. So who am I to argue with people so good at getting the media to print what they desire? Remember, when you hear about Netflix and Amazon buying or offering to buy studio films for $150 million or $200 million, they aren't buying 30-day day-and-date windows. They're buying the theatrical window, the physical media, and the streaming single-unit purchase and rental v- VOD window, and years of the film on their service exclusively. I don't know what the math would be for one of these free spenders if all they got was 30 days day and date, but it would be a lot less. In the case of Dune, I am valuing, for my estimations, the post-theatrical value of the movie to be $100 million. For those selling those movies, the financial benefit isn't so much about making a profit as, that, as though they aren't risking the advertising spend, which could make it a flop and keep them in the red. In a case like No Time to Die... If $250 million was on the table, it would make MGM and the producers whole, but it assured there'd be no upside. In retrospect, the $525 million world gross headed to over $550 million leaves them around even, given still existing post-theatrical income streams. COVID probably cost the worldwide gross between $150 million and $250 million, which would have been where the film could have been in an assured position of significant profitability. As it is, they will be scraping by. But the plum also remains in the Amazon column after the merger happens. And that was probably what tipped it. Had a streamer been offering $350 million, it would have been hard to resist. But I digress from my original conversation. For the Dune situation to have ended up in blacking for Warners, what would they have needed to do for this to happen at the box office? Well, that's a tale of two distinct situations. And again, a lot of broad but educated hypothesis on my part. In a straight theatrical situation, HBO's, excuse me, Warner Brothers marketing costs and distribution fee gets paid first, and Legendary needs to see a worldwide gross of about $650 million to break even, broadly estimating a $105 million return to Legendary from theatrical, and there's 75% of the post-theatrical revenues kicking in. In this company-wide day-and-date situation, which was negotiated under the duress of Warner's not wanting to back off, and before we really knew that theatrical was viable but stuck somewhere around 75, 70% of its normal norm for now, Legendary surely expected to be made whole and to score a small profit. So what does that mean? Well, as in the last column, a lot of this is guesswork. I don't have the contract to read to you, but assuming Legendary was $150 in for their 75% of production, let's guess that before their cut of the physical media and traditional post-theatrical exploitation, Legendary needed about $125 million to be comfortable with this arrangement, which would assure them roughly $200 million in returns and a decent profit. So the scale is going to slide. Warners is paying themselves a lot in this. 
So how they actually chop things up or prioritize where revenue goes to fit their accounting department and maybe publicity's priorities would all be guesswork. But on $350 million worldwide gross, legendary 75% cut with distribution, but with distribution paid out, but before marketing costs would be about $86 million. So let's say that Warner's is cutting legendary check for just $40 million if the worldwide gross gets to $350 million. That gets legendary to 125 million of their 150 million spend with more money to come. And Warner Brothers eating all of the marketing money. And their 25% slash 50 million dollars for production. Warner's gets 35 million dollars for distribution and they would get about a 29 million dollar cut from their part of the gross. That leaves Warner's about 175 million dollars in the hole with the only financial benefit to be mined from the 30 days of being on HBO Max. The first 30 days. The cost of the film's 100 days out appearance on HBO and HBO Max is another payment that has traditionally been preset based on the gross, but is probably restructured during the pandemic to the benefit of the production company. But those differences, actually, that money is really relatively small numbers in this big picture. The box office of success of Dune probably saved Warner Brothers maybe $20 million more than they would have had to pay that they would have otherwise had to pay out to Legendary. So congratulations to them on that. The bad news this weekend is that we went back under the $100 million weekend overall mark for the first time in the last four weekends. Dune, the fourth best opening of the month, wasn't strong enough. Ron's Gone Wrong opened week. The top three holdovers did not hold over well enough. This weekend in 2019 did $108 million. This weekend's going to be around $92 million. Next week, in, last night in Soho, I'm stumbling on that one, sorry, and Antlers are the wide openers for next weekend. It's been four years since Baby Drivers opened okay and then held strong for a multiple of five-plus times opening. Buzz on this one, however, that doesn't speak as clearly to Wright's well-earned loyal following is not as strong. Searchlight would like to think you to think that Guillermo del Toro made Antlers, but Scott Cooper did. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it doesn't make it any easier to maintain the illusion when the glorious Nightmare Alley trailer, directed by Guillermo, is stacked up in the same group of trailers for adults with adult tastes. Team Searchlight is full of smarties, but this one may be one of those that got away. And thus, a likely second weekend in a row, under $100 million for the weekend. Now we're waiting on Eternals. I would love to be more excited about the opening of Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Personally, I think it's a masterwork. It has ebbs and flows, but I really cannot imagine a more of a distillation of all things Wes than this film. That said, 1.3 million on 52 screens is a lovely addition to the list of closer to normal releases as theatrical recovers, but 1.6 million on 27 screens more than is more than incrementally better, and that's what his last film did. Uh, Searchlight built the $60 million plus worldwide business and the $32 million plus domestic business of Wes Anderson since 2012. And I would love to see this film play out on that level, but only time will tell. And with that, until tomorrow.